0: an emergency that ends up grounding a plane for five hours may point to a more sinister conspiracy. And then we meet a young boy and his mother who have just moved into a trailer park. As they're getting settled into their new living arrangements, everything seems like it's going to be okay until the child has an experience that, by simply talking about it even hearing about it may cause you to become cursed today on dead rabbit radio hey everyone welcome back to another episode of dead rabbit radio i'm your host jason carpenter i'm having a great day i hope you guys are having a great day too. (laughs) jason i can clearly tell you're not feeling good again your voice is more nasally than normal you sound like kermit the frog needs some Sudafed. i'm not sick i'm not sick Uh, i say over and over again using the law of attraction to not be sick no, I think it's just I live in the Pacific Northwest. I was sick for a while, and now it's all these stupid fires and everything. No one's listening to Smokey no more. Uh, that or <laughs> that or the space lasers are firing again. There's a bunch of fires up here. And they're not even around me. <laughs> the entire my entire place is burning down. I'm like, I got one more episode to record. I just keep waking up with the smell of soot in my nose. So yeah, I but I feel great. I feel great. And speaking of great, let's talk about one of our great live stream contributors. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for... B. Bzzz. B, B, yeah! Bzzz. <laughs> Whenever I do these intros, I think this is somebody's first episode. <laughs> somebody's like, oh, I've heard a lot about Dead Rep Radio. I uh, guess I'll check it out. And they're like, what? Not really? First, I'll let you know this episode is cursed. But that's the second story. And we'll go more into detail for that. So if this is your first episode, not every episode causes <laughs> causes the listener to bleed from their eyeballs and to invite a demon into their home, um, but they all do start off pretty weird. So be, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, if you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand, I really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know, Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. B, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the bunny biplane. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command, fly us all the way out in this rickety, old-timey biplane. We're headed all the way out to Georgia. (laughs) You're flying away in this biplane. Bunny biplane. I don't know if we've ever had that vehicle before. But anyway, someone just cobbled it together out of scraps. Domino's pizza boxes and Denison's chili cans. We're flying out in this rickety old airplane. Because we got to fly the friendly skies for this one. This happened back on September 1st, 2023. So very, very recent story. There was a Delta flight, Delta Airlines flight. From Atlanta, Georgia to Barcelona. That's probably a pretty long flight, right? You got to fly over the ocean. And everything's totally going fine. That's how you want your plane rides to go. That's not newsworthy, right? It's not like another plane successfully landed on time. Air traffic control gets a call. They're not really that far outside of Georgia, I believe. This happened very, very quickly. Air traffic control gets a call from the pilots of Delta, and they're like, hello guys down there in your in your big concrete tower we're having a biohazard issue up here over and the atc guys are like what like did someone like develop a disease is there a new sickness up there did a secret case of chemical weapons roll down the aisle and start giving everyone some sort of horrific disease. <laughs> if any of those are the case, we do not give you permission to land. Fly to Barcelona. I heard it's great this time of year. What's going on? You said you had a biological hazard. What could that be? And the pilots get back on the line and they go... Someone had... I'm sure there was a lot of chuckling. They did release a little bit of the of the call... Of the radio tower call? I'm sure there was a lot of laughter that somebody edited out. They said there was a biohazard issue on the plane because someone had explosive diarrhea. And you figure that would suck. I mean, they have a lot of places to get stuck. There's two different ways you can look at this. One... You can be the person sitting down in your chair. And listen, I have a rule. I don't eat before I get on flights. I don't eat before I get on flights because the bathrooms are so small. I mean, in a perfect world, right? You make it to the bathroom. They wouldn't have called if this woman had made it in the bathroom. They wouldn't have been like, we have a poopy in the toilet, sir. We're turning around. I learned my lesson because you spend two hours on a flight and you're like, do I got to go? I go really, really bad, and I've been in those uh, restrooms, and they're made for tiny people. Not normal-sized people, tiny people. Those restrooms are super small. So, I never eat before I go on a plane. That's rule one. But imagine that you did. Imagine you decided to go to Del Taco, and you're like, okay, I can't pass up, it's 10, 10 tacos for a dollar day at Del Taco. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Can't pass that up. You go to Del Taco, You eat, if the food's delicious, but it can do things to your stomach. You go to Del Taco, you eat a bunch, and now you're sitting in your seat, and they're like, this is going to be a six-hour flight to Bar- Barcelona. And you're like, oh, nope, that's not going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I've never had a diarrhea on a plane. I've never even heard of such a thing. So I don't know. <laughs> writing in your journal. This will be a pivotal point in my life. I have no idea how this is going to play out. Am I just going to poop a bit? Am I going to explode? Because it feels like it's going to explode. And once it explodes, it's, I mean, I'm going to have to sit in it for a couple hours. (laughs) I didn't bring, I mean, I technically have spare, spare clothing, but it's in the luggage bay um i'm about to ruin the the i'm about to ruin the flight for a couple people sitting around me (laughs) you're having this conversation you've been pooping for the past three minutes and you're like but the pros are it's too late there's no way to stop it you're already pooping your pants and the people next to you can smell it obviously you have to think of the story from that point of view like you're the instigator you're the antagonist that would be awful Right, everyone would immediately know it would that you would take a while to kind of figure it out, right? Because someone would go, Ooh, what stinks? And you'd go, Whoever smelt it dealt it <laughs> as there's poop running down your legs. It's like, Not me, wasn't me. That guy must be a magician. And this is an optical illusion as you're as you're just gest- as you're gesticulating, poop's flying everywhere from your hands it take a while. They figure it out. The other one, right? You basically have odds. You have a one in two hundred chance. Two hundred people on this plane that you're the pooper, and then you go. Well, you're like sitting in the back, and you you see this commotion going on about ten rows in front of you. You get a, a faint whiff of human excrement, and you're like, "Well, I'm not Sherlock Holmes, but I am gonna I'm gonna guess somebody pooped their pants up there." I see everyone else kind of like freaking out, but that doesn't concern me. That doesn't concern me. I'm just going to sit back here and put on my headphones, stuff some toilet paper up my nose, and read a book. But here's the thing. You, You have the odds, right? The odds are you didn't eat a Del Taco. You're sitting in the way back. That's not what happened. There's photographs and there's video of this because, of course, because, of course, the What happened? It's worse. It's worse than any of that. Apparently, and that was bad enough. Apparently, this person did not poop their pants while they were sitting down. They pooped their pants. <laughs> so funny and so gross. They pooped their pants. You'd almost think this was intentional. They pooped their pants on one end of the plane and then proceeded to walk... Walk through the plane as poop was continuing to come out. You're like, that was obviously deliberate. Somebody's sick fetish. I did not say that. One of my listeners did uh, for the upcoming libel trial, slander. You have uh, someone pooping throughout the plane. They were walking down the aisle. There's video footage of puddles of liquid poop dotting the floor like lily pads just flat little things, and so it there was no safe spot. there was i'm sure that the pilots were <laughs> i'm sure the pilots were dropping down their their oxygen masks they're like it says for emergency um they pooped their way through the plane apparently the only people who didn't get a face full of it was the first class but that little curtain, that little curtain, first off, it's not, a lot, it's not a lot of privacy. It's just a curtain. Secondly, it does not protect from smell. So the smell permeated throughout the plane. This poop, this poor woman had diarrhea all throughout the plane. The stewardesses were walking around with vanilla spray. They're like, well, yeah, it stinks terribly. But maybe if we put this vanilla spray on it, it will smell, it won't smell as bad. That's why this spray is made, right? Well, no, now you have a mixture of poop and vanilla is worse. People were saying it actually kind of made it worse. It didn't cover it up at all. Now there were two really weird scents colliding. They had to turn the plane around. The pilots were like, we cannot continue on course to Barcelona. I'm sure every passenger on that plane was in agreement. It was in agreement. agreement. They're like, no, I think we can handle this. The guy in the back who it was his fetish was like, oh, my whole life i planned for this. Puts on his sweatpants. They turned the plane around. Apparently, this is crazy to think, they landed the plane, got everybody off. The woman apparently got taken by a medical team and this is where the conspiracy theory we'll get to that in a second you're like i forgot this was a conspiracy podcast i thought it was just your veiled fetish jason no 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 no. i find this so disgusting but anyways they take the woman off to the medical center and they you know i guess that when you buy a ticket for a plane they're like well we're going to use the same plane people are like what and they're like just wait Just wait, and they tore up all the carpeting on this plane, put down new carpeting. And I I read a bunch of articles on this. I was like, is this real? Apparently they got back on that plane. And I was like, I don't know, I must be getting a detail wrong because I'm sure it's much quicker (laughs) to just take another plane than it is to reupholster the plane you're in. And you'd have to tear out that seat as well. And, you know, (laughs) probably call it an exorcist. But anyways, the people eventually they did get on their plane and they make it to Barcelona. Or did they? Because I read this article and I was laughing about it. I thought it was hilarious because it wasn't me. And then I remembered something. Didn't we just do a story like two, three weeks ago? I think it was I think it was about two weeks ago about Ebola. An Ebola outbreak at Burning Man. I have a little additional information on that one i actually know somebody it's just the way the world works sometimes i know somebody who's kind of a i won't say they're high ranking in the burning man hierarchy but they're they're up there i found out that one of my friends actually i hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks and then when i saw him they were like, yeah, it was, a, it was a burning animal standing 10 feet away in a biohazard suit. And they said, no, 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 no. They go, that he, holy bola thing. My friend said that started, that was Chris Rock said that. My friend said apparently he said that as like a joke on the way out. And it star I don't know if he tweeted it. I don't know if my, as my friend was saying goodbye to Chris Rock, Chris goes, by the way, Ebola, I'm not for sure. And I'm being real cagey on specifics because this friend of mine said, I don't want want anything associated with any of this Ebola stuff, any of this story, anything else. But they said that was a Chris Rock thing. It was a joke. (laughs) As their eyes were bleeding, I was like, I don't know, man, that's a pretty realistic joke. They said it was a joke. Someone took and ran with it, and then it really spread. I guess not not as the bad as Ebola does, but I I from what I could suss out, because again, I wasn't pressing for too many details, and I couldn't give a lot, anyways. They're like, I don't want to be associated with this at all. Um, people just started to talk about it there at Burning Man. It became like this wildfire rumor. So is this just a diarrhea story that Jason wanted to talk about on his podcast? <laughs> and basically. Go on and on about how funny it would be if someone pooped their pants on a plane. Is that the point? Or is this the is this another clue that there is some sort of disease going around? Maybe it's not Ebola. Maybe it's not. But, maybe it is. Right? That's, the, that's the beauty about being a conspiracy theorist. Prove me wrong. I looked at the videos, they didn't show any blood. No one was talking about blood in the... News articles or anything like that, but a side effect or really the effect of Ebola is you bleed out your butthole and pretty much every open hole you have in your body until you're liquefied. I imagine, I imagine diarrhea is also part of that. I don't imagine all of the delicious brisket you eat right before the Ebola kicks in stays in your stomach because your stomach melts. I imagine all of that would. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. You're like, I already got through so much of this story, and I wasn't grossed out once. <laughs> but the idea of half-digested brisket... Okay, okay. Okay, let's go ahead. That, that, that was not a cursed segment either, I should say. As gross as that was, it's probably grosser if you eat food while listening to this podcast, but I've warned you guys multiple times not to do that. There's a guy, Mr. K, what was it, Mr. K has a food cart. He's a supporter of the show. He gets the word out. Don't play this. He says he plays the podcast at his food cart. Don't do that, Mr. K. Do not do that. B, I'm going to go ahead and touch the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind Atlanta, Georgia. I hope this woman's okay. She may not be patient zero of the Ebola outbreak. That'd be Burning Man, but she might be patient number two. B, fly all the way up from Atlanta, Georgia. We're headed off to a trailer park. I do want to say before we get started here, that this may be a cursed story. We've had a couple of these in the past. This may be a story that by hearing it, by listening to it, that you may invite this entity into your life. So if that's something you don't want to do, which you know would probably be advisable, you may not want to listen to this next segment. Now it's it's that aside. It may not be cursed. <laughs> already you're like ah, you're floating around. You're trying to shut off the podcast. No, oh, oh. you're it's right out of arms reach. You can't hit the pause button. It's too late. You've already been cursed. No, I don't know if it's cursed. For sure, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened to me afterwards. It's nothing super melodramatic. It's nothing super melodramatic, but when I was researching the story, at a certain point, I go, "I'm gonna have to put a warning on. I'm gonna have to put a warning on this one." Um, not just because, again, I'm, it's nothing amazing. Don't wait to the end and be like, "What is all that happened to Jason?" He's like, "Oh, I got a hangnail." The curse is true. No, it's just something minor, but I thought it was interesting. And the story itself, curse or not, is very fascinating, but it may be cursed. Well, let's get into it. We're standing outside this trailer park. The year is 2003, possibly earlier than that as well. It was kind of hard to nail down a date. We're about to meet this young man, boy, really. We're going to call him Bruce. And Bruce is living here in this trailer park with his mom. And this is a newly established trailer park. Bruce goes, listen, I've seen paranormal things throughout my life. Like, you could chalk it up to an overactive imagination, some of it, sure. But some of it, I actually believe, was real. He goes, one of the things that can be chalked up in that first category was when he was living in this new trailer park, he said the wood paneling on the walls in his trailer, he would often see faces staring back at him. Uh, They weren't making noises. <laughs> that would actually be paranormal. He's just seen the patterns. And it terrified him as a child. And he goes, now I understand that if you stare at something in the dark for long enough, your brain will try to make sense of a pattern. He goes, I don't necessarily think that was paranormal. He goes, I understand the mechanism behind it. But the fact that I know that as an adult, it scared me as a kid. Because I didn't know that as a kid. <laughs> I thought every time my mom put me to bed, the horrifying faces of the damned would visit me. But someone was always there. His mom had to tuck him into bed. His mom actually had this weird schedule where she would work a lot of night shifts. So a lot of times he'd be over at his cousin's house. But when his mom wasn't working, he'd be back here. It just seemed like kind of a chaotic childhood having to, you know, you didn't really have a home. You're just kind of there a couple of days a week. But someone who was always with him was his lovable, huggable friend, Gizmo. It was a stuffed doll, stuffed gizmo doll from the movie Gremlins. And the story might have taken place in the 80s. This kid could have been retro. I don't know. I used to have a gizmo doll. And I carried it everywhere. Played with it all the time. I lo- Gremlins was one of my like first favorite movies. I loved Gremlins and Tron and the Black Hole. I watched those all the time as a kid. But I love those movies, but I didn't have a huggable doink droid or whatever the guy was from The Black Hole. I I would have given my left arm for a Tron action figure. They didn't really exist back then. But I had a gizmo doll, carried him everywhere. He was so filthy and dirty that we <laughs> ended up calling him Scuzmo. That became his name, Scuzmo. But he was still a friend to the end. Well, Bruce keeps his gizmo a little more. Clean, hopefully, right? Because Gizmo got pretty disgusting by the end there. Well, he always slept with Gizmo. He was his best friend. He'd hug it. My Gizmo, I think, said stuff. Maybe he squeezed him. Maybe that, was, maybe that was the rat living inside of him. It's all, ah, ah, as I'm squeezing on his tummy. I'm like, oh, just like the real Gizmo. I won't feed you after midnight. The rat's dying. I don't know if his gizmo said anything. (laughs) He doesn't have anything to do with the story. Now I'm just reminiscing of my awesome childhood. Every night. Every night he slept a good old gizmo. Well one night his mom tucks him in bed. Gives him his gizmo. Tucks him into bed. The works. Well in the middle of the night. Bruce wakes up. And gizmo's gone. It's after midnight too. You don't know what type of hygiene he's up to. Gizmo's gone. Bruce wakes (laughs) up. wakes up and gizmo's gone and what are you gonna do right he jumps up out of bed and he's looking around he can't find gizmo anywhere and this is his best pal he needs gizmo to sleep so he decides to go looking for it not just in the confines of the bedroom but he's gonna have to go through the house to find gizmo he walks down there's a very short hallway from the sleeping areas to the living room. And he goes, I walk down this hallway, and I get to the living room, and I fall to the ground. I fall to my hands and knees. I'm that scared. It's like every ounce of fight, every ounce of courage just drips off of him. He loses complete control of his muscles. He's that terrified. He sees something that shocks him on that level that he just falls to the ground, crumples. He then begins to scramble behind this large armchair that was in the living room. He's trying to catch his breath. But he knows he has to look. He knows he has to see if what he saw was real. And that's when this child slowly pokes his head out from behind the armchair. Standing in the kitchen of this trailer home is an apparition. But standing is not the right word, it's hovering. In the kitchen. He said what I saw was. The torso. Of a naked woman. Just floating there. Pale white skin. Glistening in whatever. Light is able to reach into the dark confines of this kitchen. He can see this woman's skin. How devoid of color it is. How devoid of blood it is. It's a floating woman's torso. He said the legs had been amputated just below the knees the arms had been amputated just above the elbows. And where there should be a head, there was only the loose flap of a neck. He said, I knew it was a woman because he was completely nude. I saw the breasts... And I saw the groin, the private parts of this phantom. And it was just floating there in the kitchen. But now, after he's had a millisecond to process this, so Bruce is looking around at the chair and he's seeing this thing and that terror is still inside of him, he goes, all of a sudden, I'm just overwhelmed with sorrow. I'm flooded with the fear, but now I'm drowning in pure sadness. And and Bruce began to sob. Big tears left wet streaks across his face. He's sobbing as quietly as he can as he turns around and he crawls on his belly back to his bedroom. He goes, I got to my bedroom. I hid under my covers. And at a certain point, I must have fallen asleep. He didn't plan on it. He didn't plan on it. He didn't think he could. But he's hiding under the covers of his bed. And after a certain point, he fell asleep. And when he woke up, Gizmo was lying in his bed. Bruce gets out of bed and he walks into the kitchen. And he sees that his mom is there. She's making coffee. She looks over at Bruce and goes, good morning. His mom's standing in the exact same spot where he saw this phantom hovering. And Bruce looks at his mom and says, that's where she was last night. Kind of catches catches mom off guard. She goes, who? And Bruce says, the ghost. And he saw his mom get visibly uncomfortable, kind of shaken up by that and He reiterates the story that I just told you. And she said when she woke up that morning. When she woke up to get ready for the day, make coffee and all that stuff. She walked out and the front door to the trailer was wide open. And she was 100% sure she had locked it the night before. So we have a, a story of a gruesome phantom, but that's not the end. If anything, this is the beginning. So to put all this stuff... So we're not done with the narrative, but I do want to stop here because when I was first reading this article, it was posted online by someone going by the name Ye Who Smokes Bitches. So not the, not the most noble of researchers out there. Again, sometimes this can work in our benefit. I looked through a bunch of other... Post that he had posted it's pretty regular stuff, it's not a lot of and then one time the well he actually does have a story like that later, but it's affiliated with this, but I try to look to see if anyone else has posted like you know this is a, this is a bizarre haunting, and the rest of his posts tend to be normal stuff, and he says that well, actually let me back up, so the first time I was reading the story. I stopped at where I stopped telling you the story where I was like, and then he crawled back to the bed and woke up and the mom and everything like that. And I remember as I'm reading it the other night, I read this stuff all the time. I read spooky stuff. I read horrifying true crime stuff all the time. All sorts of paranormal and real life monstrosities are constantly dancing across my brain. I read this story and I remember in very quick order, three things happened. I thought there might be something in my bedroom. Like I was reading it on my laptop and I remember my eyes were drawn up to look into the bedroom and almost as if there was something in there that was moving around that made me look over there. That was the first thing. The second thing that popped in my head almost immediately was if you cover this, you have to give a cursed warning. Which I very rarely do. I think there's maybe only three episodes like this. And then the third one was is that I instantly had to go to the bathroom, which I've talked about that in, in a previous episode. I don't know if I could ever find it, so a quick I used to do a lot of on-the-ground ghost hunting, and one thing that I noticed over and over and over again, that if you bring a bunch of people to a haunted location, before activity happens, one or more of the people has to urinate. It's super bizarre, and you, we never went, when we were drunk, we never like, well, hey everyone, let's drink all this Gatorade before we go out ghost hunting, either. You gotta rehydrate, or you'll dehydrate. No, it's a, I almost feel it's a mechanism, it might be where that, you're so scared you peed your pants come from, type of saying or idiom or whatever it'd be i do feel like there's a oh it's almost like it's subconscious right your body is triggering your ability your need to urinate maybe to one get you out of the area or two i don't know just because it's gross (laughs) maybe ghosts don't like pee maybe it is a fear mechanism i'm not for sure but in three quick seconds i i looked up i thought there was something, and i there wasn't i didn't see anything in my bedroom But it was that type of fear that when you're reading a book... Have you ever read a book late at night and it gets creepy and then you kind of look over the cover of your book to make sure there's nothing at the foot of your bed? It was that. It's not that I saw anything in there. It's not that I actually thought anything was in there, but I had this feeling that I needed to check. And I read this stuff all the time. This one's not even particularly gory or, or creepy, really. Well, it's not done yet, but I wanted to tell you this because while I... Out of those three thoughts, I felt like something was in there, but nothing was in there. I felt if I do the story, I have to consider it a cursed episode. Because just by reading the narrative, I felt like I had lit a sparkler on a dark night. And maybe if something wasn't in there, and I don't think anything was, something I alerted something to my presence. Third one was I had to go to the bathroom. It was like almost an instant thing. And I was like, great, now I got to go into the bedroom. Which, there's nothing in there, but it's still kind of creepy all of a sudden. My bedroom's not creepy, now it is creepy. Well, when I came back, after I go to the bathroom and I'm thinking, yeah, if I do this, I'll have to um, do it as a cursed episode. Let me finish reading the post. This is insane. I, I came back down to finish, because I hadn't finished reading it. And Bruce says, since then, he's had other paranormal events. That was his first paranormal event he goes but there's been some interesting things related to this one directly he goes once i was getting a tattoo done by one of my friends who's a tattoo artist and i was telling him this story and he's like what no way man huh no way dude what bruce goes dude just you know my mom call her she'll get at least confirm the part about what she remembers her waking up and the door being open tattoo artist goes yeah sure i'll call your mom i'll call your mom Uh, Sounds like the start of a joke, but I'll do it. And he calls up, the tattoo artist calls up Bruce's mom, and they chat briefly. And the mom's like, well, I can't really account for the ghost, but I do remember waking up and him saying that weird stuff. And then front door being open, and all of a sudden the power goes out in the tattoo parlor. Coincidence, right? Just like Jason needs to urinate, I gotta urinate at least a couple times a day. Sometimes it's gonna happen after I read a spooky story. The amount of times I read spooky stories, the amount of times I have to urinate, they're gonna crisscross. Sure, power's gonna go out at a tattoo parlor. These things do happen. But Bruce, yeah, you know, I, like I said, he doesn't say this in the original narrative. I kind of started looking through comments and responses and people asking questions about all this stuff. He said, at the end of this narrative, he said, I was visited later by this thing. The floating torso. I was visited later by this thing, the thing, and it specifically told me not to tell anyone. It's been 20 years. So I'm not for sure if the story took place 20 years ago or if the second time this entity visited him. Entity visited him. It had been 20 years since then. I'm not for sure on the timeline or anything like that. But obviously you're going to look into that. So people asked, what do you mean this thing visited you later and told you not to tell anyone? And now he's posting about it online. And what I imagine is he had the childhood in the 80s with the gizmo doll. I could be totally wrong on this, but he had the childhood with the gizmo doll. He grew up, he saw the thing when he was in kindergarten, he grows up, he encounters this thing again, it's been 20 years since the last time he encountered it, so now he figures it's fine to tell the story online, which I would argue it's not. I mean, (laughs) as much as I love this story, as interesting as I find it, this thing told him, don't tell anyone about this, don't tell anyone about this, but here's the thing, that's not what happened. Imagine if you saw a ghost. Let's take my timeline. Let's say it happened in the 80s. and It doesn't really matter, but just for clarity's sake. First event happened in the 80s. You have a couple other paranormal events here or there. Nothing really of note. Nothing (laughs) in your first one. You never forget your first one. Floating naked woman torso in your kitchen. It's horrific. Most ghost hunters will never see anything like that. It's just so bizarre. You have that. You then go 20 years. The thing reappears and says, don't tell anyone about me. You don't see anything from childhood up until 2003, right? Let's use this timeline. And you see this headless torso float back into your life and go, don't tell anyone about me. And then it's been 20 years since then. And you go, ah, I'm pretty sure the uh, torso's gotten over this whole secrecy thing. You might, you might argue that. You might go, well, you know. Torso, probably forgotten about me. I could probably tell people this story. Probably post about it online. That's not what happened, though. What happened was he said, Bruce has a way of writing where he includes a, a thousand details that aren't relevant. But apparently, trying to break it down, he got an old dresser. And he was moving in. He'd moved out of the trailer at this point, And he's moving into a new place. He sets the dresser up in his room. And one day or night. He doesn't specify. He spent more time talking about where he got the cabinet from. The dresser opened up on its own. And out crawled. Not manifested. Not hovered. Not walked. But crawled out of the dresser. The woman's torso, the naked woman torso, crawling on stumpy thighs and using its elbows to move along the floor. I mean, that's way creepier, right? Than it just going bing, magically appearing or becoming a puff of smoke, like, out of a genie bottle. She crawled along the floor and told him point blank... I told you not to fucking tell people about me. Would you tell people about (laughs) me? I mean, like, that's the thing. If you just, if it casually appeared one night in your dreams and said, I'm a lonely ghost, please don't tell people about me. And 20 years had passed, you'd be like, ah, (laughs) whatever, you know, that torso, probably gotten used to being a torso by now. If it crawled out of grandpa's dresser and yelled at you you should stop telling people i'm just saying you should stop telling people bruce that's probably a good good idea and his idea he see what's interesting he seems to be a pretty like he's had multiple paranormal experiences since but he's not an expert i'm not an expert right there really are no experts In the field of the paranormal, a lot of it is guesswork. He goes, this is his hypothesis. The one that he saw in the kitchen was a ghost. The one that crawled out of the cupboards or the dresser was a demon. But there's no, we don't know. We don't know for sure. There's no evidence of whose intent i can understand that logic right because the first one he saw he was overcome with a sense of sorrow and it would seem like a victim and this one seems like a perpetrator a ghost versus a demon but we don't know we don't know a lot of stuff we don't know if ghosts can't the term demon technically is an angel thrown down during the war in heaven but can ghosts become demons? Can ghosts can definitely become evil. Humans can become evil, and what is a ghost but a human without a body? Can a ghost become a demon? I would say over a period of time, any ghost could become evil and crazy and dark. So it could be the same entity. It does seem to be related. I mean, the same. Quit talking about me. Maybe the first thing you saw was. I don't know. It's it's an interesting ghost story. We. So many ghosts are full bodied, appar- if they appear at all. I should say most ghosts are just smells or sounds. Then you get more powerful ones. They're knocking stuff over, leaving messages. And then you get the very powerful ones that can manifest full body. It's rare when you see just a head or just a torso. They do happen, but they're very, very rare. That alone is an interesting part, right? That alone is just kind of an interesting apparition. The whole thing about him and the new trailer park and his mom having the third shift in oncology and she's having to work all these nights, I don't know if that's because Bruce writes with a bunch of extra details or if any of this stuff means anything. Is it because he moved constantly from one house to the other throughout the week? Does that have any bearing? I, I, if anything, I think that'd probably have a bearing on his mental state. He didn't say that. I added that. I go, I think the kid's I think the kids slowly lose, losing his mind. The fact that it's a new trailer park, does that mean that maybe there was a haunted house before there was some sort of tragic incident before there and now on that place, I don't know. He, he I, There's a lot of people in, online who write huge amounts of extraneous details. Um and yeah, I have to go through it and whittle it down to a concise narrative. The re- and I never bring it up. The reason why I'm bringing it up here is that some of the details may matter in this particular story. The fact that it is a new place, and the fact that it is a new trailer park. What was there previously that was removed? Was there a body in the ground? Was there someone murdered there? There used to be a church. We don't know. I think that detail is interesting. But, you know, it's such a bizarre story overall. And normally I think it would have just started an episode off with it. I think it would have been a much more basic story about a little boy who saw something that was horrific. But this story may be cursed. I cannot say much other than that. I can't guarantee it. You know, obviously, part of me hopes that it's not. Uh, my, goal, my goal is not to curse my listeners. But I'd be curious to... I, a lot of times, you guys do give me feedback after episodes. And it's not overwhelming. Every other cursed episode, I maybe get one or two emails. I don't think anyone's faking it. But I'd be curious if you guys pick up on anything. I'd be curious to see what you guys think. Did you guys notice anything after listening to this episode? And again, as you're like, oh, get possessed. All of my listeners are now just torsos floating down the street. That'd actually be great promotion for Dead Rabbit Radio because people would be like, Monica, Monica, what happened to you? And you're all, oh, and you're just like this flapping neck wound. And the rest of you is just this torso. (laughs) You're all women now. You're like, ooh, nice boobs. You're floating down the street. And everyone will be like, dude, what happened here? And. Like I'm assuming like a doctor would show up. <laughs> doctors are normally present where there's a bunch of torsos. You're floating around and your neck is your neck wounds just flapping in the air. And a doctor shows up and they go, Well, let's see what's the last thing this torso was doing. So they go and they check your iPod. <laughs> That's the what it's called. Your iPod Shuffle. They grab your iPod Shuffle and they go get Zooks. This person was listening to something called Dead Rabbi Radio. They're <laughs> like, no, no, no. There's a T there. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Dead Rabbit Radio. Oh, okay. And then on the other side of the country, someone else is like, "Huh, oh, that's so weird. Look at this whole family gathered around listening to Dead Rabbit Radio. <laughs> just a bunch of torsos they're just like floating around like you know, like balloons like uh, uh what are the helium balloons after a birthday party some of them are a little deflated you're just kind of crumpled up in the corner you're like ah, i'm too tired of floating i'm just gonna be right here for a while guys that would be huge publicity because sure on the one hand no one would ever listen to the podcast again <laughs> except for like inflation fetishists. They're like trying to get their girlfriends, they're like, oh no, you gotta check out this podcast. They're like, isn't that a podcast that turned all those people into torsos? No, 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 that was the last podcast on the left. Listen to this podcast, honey. It would be huge for the show, right? I mean, it would suck for all of you. Right? It would suck for all of you. I apologize for turning you into floating torsos. But, on the other hand, it would be great publicity. Someone would use it. Someone being, in what, you have a terrorist group just broadcasting it over, like, shopping malls. Do those even exist? You could be walking in a Walmart and all of a sudden, like, ISIS is hooking something up to the PA. And it's like, hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. <laughs> <Flowing> around. <laughs> okay, I think this episode's just cursed. Because <laughs> I can't come up with an ending, obviously. I'm just rambling on. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think. It may be cursed. I don't know. I won't say that it isn't. I will say that Bruce should probably stop telling this story. Because I think it might be okay for me to tell it, and it might be okay for you to hear it. But I doubt it's okay for him to talk about it. And he continues to. I just found this the other day online. So, Bruce, Bruce, if you're listening to this, and if it's not too late, stop telling people this story. Um... That'd probably be a good idea, but now that I've told it to everyone, the demon's like, ah, in for a penny, in for a pound. He's going to start chasing you. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It's just the fact that you told it to the world. It's been told to the world, Bruce. I hope you're okay. But, uh, (laughs) probably not. Probably not, but we'll wish for the best. deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio tiktok is at deadrabbitradio Dead Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but i'm so glad you listened to it today have a great one guys